Welcome to From the Resort Podcast, episode number 19. Today we're in town at uh, Pont Mahomes. It's the 23rd of June, uh, 2021. And today my guest, his name is uh, Matt Squires. Now, Matt Squires works for uh, Can Interactive. Uh, and uh, welcome along to the podcast, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, so uh, visualising the future through augmented reality. So that's, uh, I guess, the tagline I saw on your LinkedIn page. Um, I guess where we'd like to start is uh, early life. So whereabouts were you born? Where did you grow up? Where did I grow up? So I grew up on a, um, in a farming sort of town south of uh, Blenheim, which is in the Marlborough region of the top of the South Island. So we grew up there in farming background and so forth. And then uh, later on moved over to uh, Tasman where I worked in sort of tourism. My parents had tourism businesses and all so forth being. And then uh, came back to Marlborough and we ran a creative agency. So I built and ran that for four years, I think so it was. Back to Blenheim, um, early life there. Um, what was family life like there? Did you live there for long? Um, that sort of thing, most of your childhood? Or? Yeah, so most of my childhood was spent uh, through Marlborough and Tasman. So mm-hmm. majority been spent in Marlborough coming from you know the southern regions. Yep. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's a nice place to grow up. Yeah, I don't think I've really been to that part of New Zealand, so... Um, certainly worth look, certainly worth looking at, isn't it? I guess. To yeah, some of the um, depending on what sort of wine you like, whether it's sort of gravelly or you like sweeter wine, but it's uh, it's the wine central. Yeah, so a bit of winery. <coughs> some, you also got is it, you got some sounds out that way as well. Yeah, so the Marlborough Sounds are just sort of slightly north of Blenheim, where it's um, a lot of the tourism, like the the Queen Charlotte Track and all that, goes through. And um, yeah, no, it's a pretty exciting spot. It has a lot of potential to develop as a tourism region, mm. but it's a little bit slow getting into it at the moment. So I suppose mischief when you got up to when you were growing up. Uh, what any sort of what did they? What was the going thing that people would do uh, in your neighbourhood? <laughs> oh, I spent a lot of my time working, so I spent a lot of time doing digital sort of work, working across from Australia. Um, mischief. Oh, that's a that's a hard one. Probably shouldn't uh, say on the radio, should I? Well, it, <laughs> should it's, I? it's children. It's when when you were you know what what, what what sports did you play and what did you you know what what I guess what was the thing that everyone used to do. What do you want to do? So I probably I um, primarily um, did a lot of uh, competitive mountain biking. So we did a lot of cross country racing. Yes. So okay. um, through forests, um, a lot of um, Tasman. So did a lot of racing through um, Kaiteri Tui. So you know the Golden Sands Beach north of Machuaca. Uh, we did a lot of cross country racing down in Marlborough. Um, yeah, that was that was what most people did back then. Mm. Um, yeah. So sort of primarily cross country racing, and that was about a bit of trials. So sort of um, competitive trials, being motorbikes. Um, Obviously a bit of street trials, sort of like Denny McCaskill sort of style, but um, but broken now. <laughs> don't, don't do this so much these days, but yeah, that's pretty much all of it. Yeah. So as far as um, other sports, was sort of any passion about uh, rugby, soccer, cricket? Yeah, big, big fan of uh, football. So um, played that for a wee bit. Played a bit of squash here and there. soccer or? Yeah, soccer. Yeah. Sorry, football. My apologies. That's okay. I'm <laughs> not, the English, noticed, the yeah, you notice the European, um, the European soccer um, all the countries in Europe are yeah, big Europa League. tournament at the moment. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, I saw I saw England playing this morning. Oh, awesome! Czechoslovakia or something. Yeah, that'd be a good game. I haven't um, I didn't catch this morning's game, but um, yeah, no, it's pretty cool watching sort of also watching sports restart a little bit from COVID. You know, it's just exciting to see people turning yeah, up the stadium. It's, it's so good that I mean in Europe now they've got <coughs> excuse me, we've got um, obviously sports like soccer opening up and all those particular championships. You know internationals between countries it's it's, it's quite uh, quite interesting isn't it absolutely um 
Yeah, so going back to, can you remember what your first ever job was um, growing up? First job? Wow, that's gone back a bit. So my first job would have been maintaining uh, the off-road vehicles we had that my parents owned. So cleaning them, doing all sort of the basic work, working in the store, so customer front sort of stuff. Um, before that, I think that would have been about it. So working in tourism, very early on. So very straight as, as a teenager, bang straight into tourism. Yeah, pretty much. Doing all that sort of stuff. And So the parents, so tell me some of the, so they had a business in tourism when you were growing up? Or? Yeah, so they, they just started an um, off-road tourism business uh, where we had, um, how would you describe it? So sort of similar to the Razor, Flores as it is, we had um, sort of like a course where you go through and you'd, you'd drive along sort of stuff that you wouldn't usually be able to drive along. You'd be able to go through massive puddles, climb up hills, stuff that you wouldn't usually find unless you had a 4x4, you know, like a proper, you know, kitted out vehicle. But, um, yeah, so they started that, did that for, I think it was four years at Tasman until we moved back to Marlborough for um, other things. But, yeah, no, it was pretty exciting. It's an exciting event to go through. Um, Especially also watching people's like faces light up when they're you know doing something that they've never seen or even driven before in their life. You know, coming from big cities overseas. You know, it's, uh, it's just exciting to see people realise their potential. Also, what they can do, what is achievable more specifically. Especially on four wheels, it's always good fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you remember your schooling days, I mean, can you remember what um, what were you sort of passionate about most as far as subjects, and what were you good at as far as subjects you know, courses oh. at school? Terrible, pretty much everything. Um, no, I was a bit <laughs> different. I admit it. Oh, I like, like maths, but um, yeah. big, biggest subject was more specific sort of development of tech. So sort of you know doing the stuff that wasn't really allowed at school. Um, favorite subject would probably have to be maths. Um, but maths was different in a way. Um, I guess favorite and also what I was good at. Yeah, uh, being an accountant, you've got to you know you don't become an accountant unless there's some sort of mathematical skills, I guess, but. Yeah, maths is good, and that sort of helps with you know, if you go down the, the path of you know computer science is, is another little spin-off of maths, isn't it? In a way, you, yeah, some programming and stuff like that. Did you ever do sort of programming and that sort of thing? Or? Early on, yeah. So early on, my background is going back to my digital career is more specifically in 3D modelling so yeah. designing assets for video games um, sort of modelling the assets you see on watching my farm build little buildings that sort of stuff so not specifically farm build but that's like of work um, and yeah along the line of work so there's the likes of um, using HTML for website development um, a little bit of um, Python for using the likes of some of the 3D editors but um, no I, I tend to keep my hands on the, uh, the digital the visual stuff more specifically it's a bit too confusing yeah <laughs> I remember doing a bit of when I was a uni, um, we did a bit of a computer science, we did a bit of Java and C++, I think it was. And I can Fun stuff. <laughs> yep. C, I think it was C++ when I was yeah. starting. Yeah. It's a bit developing. I think there's C... Uh, I've lost them. There's too many of them now. Yeah. <laughs> Current one's Java that I understand, so we'll work more closely with more specifically. Understand so, be far-fetched. So as far as studies, where did you actually go to when you were doing all this studies? Uh, so I just did basic sort of um, remote sort of learning because we are out on the farm so yeah, forth yeah. being and then from there just went on and did work. Just work. Yeah. Um, no no degree as such which is one of the one of the upsides to working especially in a fast-paced environment allows you to learn quickly. If you've got a degree you're a bit locked into a certain channel but that was one of the choices I chose. So yeah. yeah. Pretty exciting sort of line of work. Makes it a bit difficult earlier on but later on it's a benefit because you've learned greater experience sort yeah. of opens up uh, what would you call it the um, the wideness of view for what you work with yeah okay so as far as um, getting around we've lived and travelled so um, you've been in Queenstown probably not as long as even I have you said you've come in January yeah. this year was it it's only six months I think is 
as of last week, I think it is. So yeah, moved down after COVID. Um, for that, yeah. Where, where did you move from at that time? Ah, sorry, yeah. So I moved down from Marlborough, so yeah. So you did Marlborough before then? Yep, yep. to Marlborough. Yep. Um, so I ran a creative agency, so I did a lot of work, so like tourism work. Um, we went sort of corporate entities, like some of the government sort of, you know, divisions, NZTA, that sort of thing. And we sort of, it was really exciting, but you know, I just felt something, you needed the tech development sort of side, which was why we moved down here to Queenstown. You think, um, so, I guess to move down to Queenstown, what do you think are the, the things that really attract you to this part of the world? Oh, it's, it's obviously a lovely place, you've got the great scenery, you've got a lot, lot to do. Tell me what uh, inspires you here. Inspires me. Well, one in the morning I get to wake up and look at the mountains. So yep. it's, it's a never-ending view, like it's always changing. It's um, exciting to look at. But the, the real reason for business-wise moving down here was that I remember talking to one of the higher-ups in one of the, uh, I think it was one of the chambers, and um, he was uh, talking about diversification of sort of environment, you know, adding the tech sector into the region, you know, assisting with the tourism sort of side, and there was just the excitement to hear other people talk about the development side of stuff, you know, wanting to expand, you know, build different areas into the economy, that sort of stuff, which is pretty much the reason I'm down here, you know, because mm. of the likes of new development. Um, and people, the other reason too, so a third reason would be is that people are excited to look into new ideas, look into new development, um, that would be another big driving factor. Yeah. <coughs> so, I suppose, I guess your complete, so your life as a whole, how much time have you lived in Marlborough? Is it most of your life? Or? Yeah, probably about 75%, I'd say. So, it was uh, eight years over in Nelson, or Tasman more specifically. I've been like confused the two, they get a bit touchy. <laughs> so, but, yeah. but that's in the same sort of area, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's Nelson Tasman, that's where it's classed usually, but uh, Nelson City is. You know, I think I've really been Nelson Island. That's another place to sort of on the to do this worth going to. Or? Oh, hands down. So if you get a chance to go to Nelson, um, go to Kai Territory, visit those two places. Nelson's beachfront on summer is pretty good with Tahuna Nui. Um, I have to say, it's a nice, great visit in the summer. Definitely worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So Nelson. Um, <clears throat> as far as that, how, 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 is it, it's Marlborough, it's not that populated, is it? How many people sort of live in that area? It's, it's a smaller population count to Queenstown, actually. I think it's about 30, nah, 40,000. Well, it's bigger. So, nah, Queenstown's annual, po- oh, sorry, consistent population is about yeah. 38,000, yeah. I think, in total. Okay. Um, but yeah, Marlborough's quite similar. So, it's um, Marlborough Township, I think, has about 29,000, and the other okay. 10, yeah. yeah, the other seven are sort of distributed out within the region. You yeah. know, sort of southern into sort of Awateri, and then obviously north into the Marlborough Sounds. So it's not a high population dense. But yeah, that'd be quite similar. Yeah, okay. Interesting. But um, when you, do you plan to go back there often now that you've moved here? Or? Oh, I've got to say, I quite like it here. I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. But yeah, so we've still got work, so sort of travelling up to Marlborough, uh, travelling around the country. But yeah, so primarily down here in Queenstown, being obviously a digital based entity, we don't really have to travel all that much, which is a big plus. Mm. But as far as the, the islands, I mean, obviously you like the South Island better than the North Island. Oh yeah, hands down. It's too warm up there for me. <laughs> too warm. So you like the cold weather. That's the, that's the thing that really attracts you yeah. to this part of the world. You've got the snow season opening up on the weekend. That's true, um, true. Are you looking forward to sort of going up to, to Coronet Peak or Cardrona? Or yeah, so um, yeah, we'll probably a bit later on in the season when it's a bit more snow and it's sort of casual. But yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. It's going to be good. One of the other reasons to move down here is you pretty much got an activity Every every time of year, you know, you go and somebody got mountain biking, and then once you got skiing, I mean, it's pretty open, really. Yeah, oh, definitely. As far as um, <coughs> other places you may have travelled to around the world, have you sort of where have you sort of been? Have you been anywhere interesting? 
Oh, not, not overly interesting, actually. I was meant to be in, uh, fun story of this, I was meant to be in Fiji the, uh, the week of lockdown. So, okay. yeah, no, we got uh, held back in New Zealand, unfortunately. But, yeah, been around most of New Zealand. Um, spent the majority of the time in the South Island, though. But, um, yeah, no, I plan to travel a bit more once the uh, restrictions open up and uh, travel-wise. Across Australia, then, up and down there? Or? Nah, never had much work in Australia, so I sort of kept it, you know, New Zealand-based. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I haven't travelled all that much, actually. <laughs> now that I think about it, I've worked a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, you know, it was quite. Uh, I mean, some of the people that uh, you probably know, I just noticed it. But we, last Friday, we uh, saw, you know, Rod Drury's speech at, um, at the Queensland Chamber event. That was, to me, that was quite impressive. I obviously recorded it, it's, it's up there um, to, to have a bit of a look at. What, what do you think about Rod Drury and some of those ideas that he sort of came up with? I mean, what, what, what do you guess is your take on. You think we can go somewhere with some of these ideas? What do you think? Yeah, I think um, what Roger is working on is it's quite spectacular. I like the idea of the innovation. You know, adding the different thoughts of travel. Um, I won't elaborate too much more because it's still another podcast. But yeah, yeah, some of his ideas are, are great, and it's also I like his, his passion for what's what's the word? Working on the sustainability, you know, making sure things stay stable. You know, uh, whether it be sort of keeping the lake clean or whether it be you know adding a new infrastructure for travel. Yeah. Um, yeah, and no, I think he's, I think he's onto something there. It's just a matter of finding people that want to join them on that journey, more specifically, you know, sort of assist, you know, be passionate with them. It's, that's how you develop anything, right? Yeah. So you, you, you got to have passion to get you somewhere. So if you're passionate about developing infrastructure, you know, sustainable environment, tech, you know, that's the one of the biggest things, passion. Yeah, definitely. He's, that's that. awesome. he's, he's certainly um, not one to hold, hold up in the time and, and sort of, uh, you know, going away his shell. He still wants to get out there and do stuff. but. More about let's t- let's talk about a bit what is interesting you and what you do in your work in you know what your sort of uh, line of work actually does. So tell me a bit about augmented reality. Explain, I guess, to the podcast listeners the concepts. What this is all about. Yeah, no, absolutely. So augmented reality is the augmentation of a digital asset through either a headset like VR, or the mixed reality headsets like Acer, Microsoft Hololens or working more on the VR side, which is more of the digital, fully digital environment. So I work with the augmented side, with the mobile specific. So being able to explore the world through digital assets and interactivity while on your phone. So I think Pokemon Go, but on a more digital level. So you know, you have digital signage, you know, you can have interactive experiences, telling history stories, telling the history of the lake, you know, telling, telling history of different regions, you know, showing objects one-to-one scale for the likes of e-commerce, you know, say have a one-to-one Aston Martin, you know, don't have to go to the store, so if there's one in Auckland, you can view it down here in your driveway. Um, so yeah, it's just about a, sorry, work primarily with um, development of the assets and the storytelling that goes with the AR experiences. Okay, so Pokemon Go, I've just written that <laughs> down from that conversation there. That was sort of really big a few years ago. Did you sort of get into that at all when it was sort of like, um, you know, when it was sort of, everyone was on their phone fucking doing this and that and going there and picking up this and having a fight with that bloody monster and did you didn't get into that? Nah, not, not dare I say it, I mean, most people were uh, t- turn away at this, but I'm not a huge Pokemon fan. Um, That's okay. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. Probably turn off your list, isn't there? But yeah, um, no, yeah, no there's more the technology side. So how it sort of integrates is that it was the early adaption of AR, so yeah. the head of the bell curve as such. Yeah. So the technology developed, was it five years ago, six years no, ago? Like it's a while yeah, ago now. Yeah, but it's, there was the early introduction for the general public to have access to an augmented experience that was easy to access, you know, it worked, you know, there was no 
delay times. You don't have to put on a headset, blah, blah, blah. It just worked. But now another technology has developed is that pretty much anyone with a phone, there's 3.8 billion phones from the last time I looked that have AR capability. Mm. Now it's, it's becoming more prolific that you have access to those experiences, which is cool. So it's, it's sort of Pokemon Go was the early introduction to practical AR through to the development wise, especially the mobile side. It was obviously popular for a while, I and mean, then you don't hear about it in the last few years. It seems to have fizzled out, and no one's around doing it. Well, that's yeah. true. I think there's still a few people using it because it's still getting downloaded quite regularly. It's still a high-level app on the App Store. Yeah. Um, I think it's just sort of the marketing-wise, people going, "Oh, it's cool." It's you know the fade-off period. I think it just needs more projects to integrate AR into you know early adaptions. Just needs more projects that keep keep the media up on it. Yeah. So obviously, it's it's when you know it's sort of I think it's sort of on the down trend pretty quickly it was and after, after it was you know really popular for a while and you know one of those things wasn't it very interesting how that sort of just came out of nowhere and then sort of fizzled and gone away and it wasn't, wasn't around for you know like the internet's still around that's <laughs> true Facebook's still around uh, yeah. Twitter it's apparently it's still around apparently <laughs> I think MySpace still actually is somewhere too but no one's, it's like, no one's heard much about MySpace in the last <laughs> 15 years or something. Yeah, that's about it. Is. Um, but everyone thought that was going to take off. Everyone thought MySpace was going to take off. And then Facebook was the, what sort of is the constant, really. And whether you like it or not, it's there. And same with Google, it's there. And yeah. I think one of the other things, too, is with the likes of early adaption of tech, is you don't have to be the first, but you have to be the best. Yeah. So when you're, when you're using tech, you know, as long as it's easy to use, it's interactive and the user finds it easier to access, or that more people are actually on it, that's where the user will gravitate to. The likes of MySpace and the competition with Facebook. It's sort of pretty easy to explain how that works, you know? Yeah. Um, same with um, going back to Pokemon Go. I mean, now that it's getting more adapters, the next one that comes along will have a better adoption rate than what Pokemon Go did, yeah. which was pretty good to start with. What about sort of gaming? Are you into sort of gaming at all? Are you a gamer? Oh, a little bit. Touched on it here and there. Played Halo, you know, um, Battlefield, all that sort of stuff, but it's a while ago now. Fortnite? <laughs> Ah, no, I think I'm too old for that, I'm not going to lie, yeah, but um, sure. sim racing, that's another cool one. What is it, sorry? Sim racing. Sim racing. So, you know, you, know, sort of, um, you put it on your headset or you have your screens and you yeah. race with the GT3 cars, oh, yeah, that's beautiful. pretty fun. Rally yeah. WRC, a bit cheaper than owning a WRC car, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I write it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, ah, a little bit, not so much. More more develop the sort of stuff than, uh, than actually play the stuff. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. No, it's, I'll tell you, um, I know you have to you see, you've travelled too, too far, but I'd say one place that you'd find absolutely fascinating would be Tokyo. Oh, absolutely. Have you been there? No, not yet. I was on my cards, and a lot of that was... Uh, I spent a lot of time working earlier on, which is why I didn't travel. Um, mm. But yeah, it's on the cards. I really want to go there. Also, the likes of South Korea, some of the development they're doing there would be yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Good things out of South Korea as well. But yeah, you know, you just, it'd be interesting to know when we can sort of go back to some of these places, but... That's uh, that, that's really that's like an eye opener. Tokyo, if you're looking at if you're tech, yeah. and you're looking at all the stuff that they've got there, it's yeah. The dinner plate eyes, looking at all the signs. Bus- busy, busiest place in the world, to be fair. And, yeah, uh, it's uh, <coughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy that place. Um, <coughs> a bit, a bit about any sort of other hobbies or passions that um, I guess come stem from what you do or work-wise. Or? Uh, passion, sort of a sort of. I would just go, so I like to support, you know, the likes of mountain bike stuff like Rogerio was talking about over the last lecture. Um, been, a, been a little bit quiet recently, but um, yeah, so passionate sort of helping that sort of stuff, helping sort of sort of groups, things like Startup Queenstown, not not helping them, but likes of, you know, assisting and sort of helping other people achieve their goals more specifically is something I'm passionate about. 
Um, so yeah, pretty much just sort of helping other people to achieve their potential more specifically, you know, whether it be through providing tech that we can help you develop your platform, your story, or, you know, having a coffee with someone and sort of supporting their ideas or what they want to do, you know, it's, yeah, pretty much just helping people get to places. Yeah, so, okay, so we're, we're talking about, so we're talking about startups. Um, what sort of, with startups and start, you know, obviously startup Queenstown is, is here in, in town, what, um, do you sort of, what in startups have you been involved in in your career, in whatever extent? And uh, what lessons have you sort of learned along the way, and what, or what, what things? That, yeah, what things have you got out of it? I guess? Startups. So I haven't actually been involved in any startups. We've got some projects coming, but uh, I have to keep the you know, keep it under wraps. That one. But, yeah, yeah. Um, startups. And usually, just it's just other people. So, you know, help with their branding, help with yeah. their storytelling. Being from my last company, you know, the, the whole the whole point was to help me tell a story. You know, how do we achieve? How do you reach a target audience? Um, more recently, it's sort of just been sort of on the sidelines, you know, sort of watching other people do things. Um, the biggest thing we learn is passion. So if you're not passionate about what you do, you know, I mean, it's, you're not really committed, are you? <laughs> um, other, other notes to point, other points to note would be, um, yeah, passion would be a big one. And the other one is uh, not, what's the word, following your numbers, making sure you have a plan, yeah. but having a plan that actually is achievable. So, I mean, put it put it rather simply, for the first five years, you're going to be eating, you know, wheat bakes for breakfast. You know, yeah. you're not going to be making millions of dollars. It's um, as if you look at all the Richard Branson, you know, started business after business. It wasn't until their tenth or you know eighth business, or depending on what your goal is, you know, that they actually achieve. Um, Roger went through different iterations of his companies to get to zero. You know, I mean, it's yeah, it's just being patient. I think would be the other big one. So, as far as startups that you've seen, and, and uh, what what have you seen that's sort of come from a shell and or personally seen from that it sort of started at pretty much a shell and it's getting to a point where it's really just taken off projects like that um, some of them I think are still under sort of investments I probably can't talk about them yeah. but um, I think notable one would be following zero dare I say yeah. <laughs> you know, from early on through um, other tech companies I like watching following um, the likes of um, oh what's the other one I'm trying to think of oh it's my mind I'll we'll come back to you. <laughs> oh, I'll come back to you But yeah, just watching businesses in general. So primarily what I've been watching is from the sidelines, you know, helping other people achieve their goals. But yeah, Zero would be a notable one to watch. Or the likes of uh, Ubco. Have I pronounced that right? The little electric bike? Ubco? The electric bike one. Yep. Ubco. Uh, yeah, yep. uh, I think it's Ubco. But yeah, watching the likes of them develop, which would be pretty cool. And the likes of uh, watching Spaceworks. So Spaceworks out of Christchurch. Some of the stuff they're working on is pretty exciting. I mean, the, I mean, the East Scooters. I mean, do you think that's... Um, I mean, all of a sudden they sort of came out of nowhere... If we go back even only three years ago, they weren't around at all. That's a good point, actually. So they weren't around three years ago. Um, 2018, I remember um, starting to see them in Brisbane. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was late in 2018. And um, Lime were the first crowd to, to come into Brisbane. And then and then all of a sudden, um, you're getting all these other crowds getting involved and everyone's in their mother and dog and all these other different brands coming in for scooters is all electric and then sort of taken off um, it obviously hasn't sort of hasn't really been any success well I've heard read about it in Queenstown about them trying to bring scooters here but they're probably not quite built for it um, but obviously Dunedin is a place that, that runs quite well what do, you, what do you think about East Scooters? I think it's a cool idea. I think it's a new mode of transport. You know, there's the likes of in Queenstown, we've got the water taxi. Or yeah. the, um, the yeah. water taxi that goes runs out through to um, up past uh, Frankton, you're the one that stops at the, the uh, 
Hilton, you've got the one that comes into town. I think I think the thing about it like is just looking for different modes of transport. You know, I like the idea of the scooters because it also allows you know the likes of cycle lanes where they're not having to cycle. You know, not everyone can like, ride a bike or wants to ride a bike more specifically. Yeah. Um, so I think in a condensed environment, it is a good option. The likes of Queenstown, I think um, the taxis, like Rogerio's taxi idea is probably, or driverless taxis more specifically, is a better idea because... Um, yeah. yeah, because um, cause, you know your centres where people hang out are pretty condensed. You know, Queenstown, you can walk pretty much the length of the town in five minutes. Yeah. You know, um, for the likes of Christchurch, Dunedin, Wellington, Auckland, I think it's a great idea because yeah. it does it lowers down the congestion. Yeah. Not so much the green side, but the congestion side, which is a big thing, which makes it safer. You know, so probably. Yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, but then I think in the future we're gonna. You're talking about water taxis, and you're talking about. I think taxis will be electric. I think even the water taxis will be electric some point I think um, yeah you know they're talking about a couple of years ago when I was came to a chamber thing uh, up the gondola they had uh, they were talking about uh, jet boats being electric wow yeah I hadn't heard about that but that'd be a cool idea so I, th- I think the electric tech has got great benefit but um, unlike we've seen with the current sort of government announcements is that unfortunately the tech isn't there yet so when you can give me 800k out of a battery charge, that's where you'll have just people adopt it just because it is. Yeah. But until you get to that point, I think um, it's just little steps, you know, adding the electric scooters, adding the electric taxis, that sort of stuff. And it's just a matter of building up that sort of practical use for it, for it to actually yeah. be adopted. I think people will actually adopt this tech quite rapidly. Like so Rivian, you know, the um, Tesla truck. Yeah. Looks like a Meteor. Uh, yes. You know, Ford's just got an F-150, I think it is, that it's done electric. Is uh, the F-150 electric? Oh, was it around 40? Well, maybe. Oh, Ford, Ford, one of the Ford's new yeah. trucks out of the States is electric, which is, I have to say, rather impressive. But the, unfortunately, the uh, the practical use for case isn't particularly high yet. You know, it doesn't tow very far. It's got like, I don't know, 200k on a heavy tow, you know. It's not, not particularly high range. Or yeah. 300, I think it might be more specific. And Christchurch are pretty new. They've got electric buses. Like, new, That's pretty cool. No, I hadn't heard about that. But, um, you know, I suppose they're replacing the trams, are they? Is that, no, is that what the goal? Sure. Or? I remember... S- First hearing about the electric buses just just uh, about ten or eleven months ago. Now, so you can see them when I was sort of in quarantine in Christchurch. You look out the window and you see these electric buses. That's awesome. Yeah, and no, I hadn't heard they um, added them yet. I think Wellington's looking at it too. Yeah, um, definitely Auckland and Wellington would be looking at yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. I think once those are adapted, you know, it's, it's only a step. You know, it's progression. You got a timeline. You know, I mean. Yeah, I think I think that's better. It's got some cool potential, anyway. Especially the likes of you know so planes. I think every little city is going to have. I don't. It's certainly not going to replace everything, but I can see it sort of this sort of bringing in bit, 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 bit by bit. I think uh, as far as electric buses are concerned, and you know, you know, but everything being electric, I think it can only be a good thing. Hopefully. Oh, fingers crossed. The other cool thing in the likes of electric tech is um, planes. The likes of Sound Zero looking at adapting uh, electric tech into their across the ditch sort of jumps which is you know short distance so it's actually yeah. feasible yeah. which is quite cool so that's one of the cool things that's been developed out of there I think there was a plane or tech startup out of Christchurch that was developing very specifically for the likes of the Cessnas you know the personal style yeah. um, which would be pretty cool so I think once it gets you know really adopted and the infrastructure is put in as, yeah. as Roger was talking about you know, infrastructure for charging fast charging I think yeah you will adapt pretty quickly yeah yeah so then Queenstown we're in, it's 2021 I mean it it's one of those places, obviously you've been here enough to want to move here, and it's just one of those places that's lovely, and you can see that, you know, it just needs a bit of infrastructure into it, doesn't it? It's, just, it's the key thing, I think, that really needs to, to somehow happen, I don't know how, but it has to happen in yeah. order for it to, to go into more than the next level. I mean, the next level was here, and then 
I think in the future, you know, the infrastructure's got to be so much better to be able to get it to where it needs to go in by 2030, I think. Oh, yeah, that's the number, yeah. I think, you know, I agree with you. I think, um, like most towns, have got to go in New Zealand, you know, they need a little bit of development, a little bit of infrastructure development. I think primarily that comes from also having the industry, so the, like the tech industry involved or right, centres. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of that sort of comes along with that just because of the people that come in. They go, oh, we can do this better. Yep. Um, so I think I think more the more regions can cater for digital environments or the tech yep. sector or that startup sort of environment, I think you will end up with more development infrastructure too. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I think there's a little bit can be done, but it's more transition logistics, I think more specifically, like sort of the Frankton, um, Queenstown Central, what it's called, <laughs> bit of irony being the waterfront, but um, yeah. yeah, Frankton, you know, putting the, the industry out there, you know, the shops, I think I think it's a good idea, because Queenstown Town Centre, which is on the lake, is always going to have people, you're always going to visit, so that's not going to be an issue. So I think, yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, utilising the space you have available, you know, basic SimCity sort of stuff. Yeah, that's no, interesting to see what, how this, this place will develop over time, that's for sure. I look forward to it. But uh, as far as what you want to sort of do in the future, you sort of, what are your, you just sort of, I guess, trying to, I guess, make your mark in Queenstown as far as getting 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 a feel of the place and then working out what to do, or do you sort of have plans, do you have like a sort of a plan already when it comes to how you want to sort of be, you know, in, yeah. The next 10 years. Next 10 years, yeah, it sort of depends. It's just sort of following, you know. I mean, I, I like to, as I said earlier, I labored it on. Um, as you know, I like to help people, you know, passion, whatever yeah. it might be. So, I mean, that can switch over between, you know, work with Augmented Reality to help sell retailing or help people develop their branding to get their market across so that their startup can launch. Um, yeah, it just sort of depends. But yeah, there are some big plans in the works. Uh, and ideally, I'd like to get, build them out of the South Island, um, sort of digital tech based entities. Um, I can't elaborate too much more, but yeah, yeah. there's a lot of plans. Um, I think sort of the international market would be another step in the next 10 years is expanding to interact with large markets. Obviously, being Queenstown with an international airport is, affords a massive, massive draw card for pretty much anyone that wants to base their startup or their tech industry or tech entity, sorry, out of here. Because you've got that in the international market, you just go to the airport. Um, which, like you say, with a bit of transport, we need to start sort of thinking about how it's going to work when there's more population. Yeah. What about, um, you sort of wonder to, you, you go out there, as far as other hobbies that you might have, obviously everyone loves it, yeah, you, you like the cold weather, you love the snow, um, any other sort of passions I guess when it comes to hobbies and bits and pieces? Hobbies? Um, no, sort of production extreme sports really, being obviously a former mountain biker, motorbikes, um, yeah. depending on what's available at the time. Um, Skiing, um, big skier. Can't snowboard to save my life. Couldn't skateboard as a kid, so you know, got to stick to the uh, the skiing. <laughs> so you got a good. You got at the moment. You got, you got a good mountain bike to, to ride around here. Yeah, so it's a primary leftover from when I used to do cross country. Still got all my cross country gear. So yeah, occasionally get out. A bit of a cold at the moment, so sort of been keeping in the office and working. But yeah, there's um, yeah exploring. Have you, have, you, have you sort of ridden a lot of the trails around here on your bike? A few of them, um, primarily skyline, sort of, you know, some are exploring sort of around, around the lake. Um, some of the long distance cross country stuff's more sort of, you know, it's casual road, you know, drive. So if you want to ride out, you can go out around to town now and then ride out through to um, Smith's Farm at the end of the lake there. Um, but yeah, it's more long distance sort of stuff, which I haven't really jumped back into lately. Yeah, so in mountain bikes, I mean, I've got a mountain bike and uh, I think it's, it's good for fitness as well. I mean, it's good for fitness, you've got the fresh air in your face, I think, and it's just, 
you're out in nature, you can see some good sights along the way, get a sweat. It's, um, it fulfills a lot of a lot of things, I guess, when it comes to this this sort of type of environment. I think. It's, um, it's sort of yeah, you yeah, you just feel like you you feel like it's, it feels right. Yeah, it's always good because it also keeps your head, you know, allows you to actively do something. So even if it's been a busy day, you know, it allows you to, say you've done something, you wrote 10K, even if you start with one, you know, it's yeah. it's one foot after the other, you know, it's just one of those things in your head, you know, make your bed in the morning sort of thing. Yeah, how are you going to get up that hill or how are you going to, you know, yeah. how are you going to time yourself? I mean, am I going to try to work this fast or am I going to go a bit faster or a bit slower? Yeah. Um, because it's, it's an interactive experience, you know, unlike yeah. walking, you know, walking's walking, but if you go mountain biking, you know, it adds that sort of little extra sort of interactivity with it, you know, yeah. how do you rise, technical, you know, which is, is also quite good for your mind, because it keeps your mind active and you can sort of relax, it's, it's a good thing. Mm. So I guess the people that inspire you, I mean, uh, inspirations that, uh, I guess, that, are, that you've seen in your life that, that moulded you a little bit into who you are. Yeah, inspirations. Um, I'd have to say I'm quite fond of uh, watching Richard Branson's stuff, you know, with his earlier on sort of career. Um, other passions, uh, watching my grandfather when he got his farm, you know, how hard he worked, so he developed that, that sort of stuff. Uh, watching my father sort of develop um, the tourism sort of stuff and go through different networks, sorry, different sort of things, you know, working on sort of CNC routers, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so that'd be about my three. As far as tourism, is concerned and Queenstown and uh, obviously we've spoken a lot a bit about trying to, you know, it's been discussed that, you know, the tech hub is probably a good idea, but where does tourism need to go from now? To be, is that something you've, is that something with what COVID has obviously changed the game? Do you see, how, how do you see, do you see much change though with tourism in Queenstown? I suppose you still think that, you know, People will flock here. Oh, absolutely. I, I think tourism will never die. It will just evolve to different types of tourism. Yeah. So the likes of Queenstown Lake Centre, or what's it called? Queenstown Town? Yeah. I don't know what it's called. Um, lakefront. What do you call it, Lakefront? Like I th- here, yeah, yeah so just along the waterfront here. I think um, people always come for that. That's, that's just a given. I mean, look at the mountains. I mean, people have been coming here since, you know, <laughs> however long. Um, Tourism-wise, I think you will, over the future, obviously COVID, you know, the likes of Zoom, interactivity of our digital, I think you will end up doing digital tourism as well. Yeah. You know, the likes of, I think there's a, there's a project called E2, and there's also one called Decentraland, you know, having digital environments where you can actually interact on a, you know, monetary base, effectively. So I think there's going to be a lot of sort of different ways of looking at tourism. Um, you know, how can we take tourism, take an experience down here and then beam it into Auckland, you know? I mean, yeah. lots sort of different aspects of tourism. But... Traditionally, well, I don't think it will ever change is that if you're a good host or you have a good experience that people want to experience or explore, that will never change. It's just how can you get people to you, which is where your marketing comes in. So effectively, you can start any industry and get people to go to it with good marketing. It's just a matter of keeping up, keeping up the passion, keeping up the enthusiasm, and um, as long as people enjoy it, I'm pretty sure they'll just keep on coming. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Queenstown's definitely been um, popular for uh, you know, movie directors filming movies here. Lord of the Rings, and all these other different series and that sort of thing, and we, you know, talking about digital movies, um, it, it's it's good for that, isn't it? And and uh, in the future, you're just going to see more and more, um, you know, TV, film, movies in this part of the world. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the likes of what we talked about with the digital screens, with the, um, the LED screens, where, um, what's it called? It's like projection mapping, as it's described. But uh, I think that will open up a lot of sort of use for commercials. So we can have sort of big sets in small towns as opposed to, you know, going to Auckland and having one of the big studio um, places. So I think that opens up a lot of sort of use. It'll especially be able to work remotely. So you'll have better people to move into regions because the text there, they don't have to be, you know, outside. They don't have to be in Hollywood. Um, so I think that's a big thing. Um, what else? Film set locations? Yeah, I mean, you can go anywhere in the world and find cool film sets. I mean, Mission Impossible is filmed down here. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of The Hobbit might have been too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? I mean, there's lots of TV shows that happen yeah. down here. I mean, I think there's a, there's a group called Screen Otago, I think it is. They've got some pretty awesome stuff out of Dunedin, South Otago, you know, Southlands. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And also Canterbury, some of the stuff they're building in there, the digital screens. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Very exciting stuff. As far as movies are concerned, do you have any favourite movies that are yours? Oh, I've got to say it would be um, oh, anything of Christopher Nolan's really. Christopher <laughs> Inception. Christopher Nolan. Okay. So, you know, the Batman trilogy, yeah. um, Inception, um, The Prestige. You know, films that are a bit more sort of technical on the side, you know, as opposed to, you know, I mean, mind you, I mean, The Expendables is pretty cool, but, you know, something more technical side is pretty cool. Yeah, okay. So, interesting. So, what about. Uh, do you sort of, do you want to listen to any particular genre of music or, or uh, favourite uh, artist bands as well? Is anything? Not specifically, no. I mean, I'll listen to anything. Um, anything from a symphony orchestra, you know, or through to um, classic rock from the 70s, you know, I mean, pretty open, really. Um, no, nothing specific. Just to sort of depends on the mood. Yeah. <laughs> Is anyone a guess? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I guess uh, opportunity to talk about anything else that you wanted to talk about your podcast. Uh, you're, you're the person of the hour so any other thing any sort of other topics that you think uh, are relevant for you, for you topics you to talk about yeah I think it's just sort of you know sort of promoting development and if you've got an idea you know start exploring it um, yeah. probably nothing specific is you know so if you've got an idea just take one step at a time you know if you've got sort of you, what's the word sort of um, yeah if you've got an idea just carry it on if it's not a good idea move on to the next one um, the other thing is as I alluded on earlier is patience and um, yeah you're going to fail at some point so you might as well make it quick <laughs> uh, just keep on going you know next step and it goes both through to mental health as well you know I mean if you're struggling with mental health it's one step at a time you know that's something I tell people regularly is, um, and I tell myself regularly as well but you know is if you're having a hard day just one step at a time keep going um, yeah that's probably what I'd add really that's an interesting uh, I mean it's a good philosophy, I think, to have that mindset to, you know, think, you know, one, one activity, one step, one, one way at a time. One of my, I'll just add to that, one of my favourite sayings that comes from my grandmother is, uh, how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> so, is there an answer to that? <laughs> yeah, one bite at a time. <laughs> Obviously, it's not quite so PC talking about eating elephants, yeah. but um, yeah. it's a cool yeah. saying. It's effectively saying, um, take one step at a time. Yeah, yeah. It's in, I like that, I like that. So, so if you've got a task, you know, I mean, if you've got 10K, you break it down to Ks, you break it down to 100 metres, you break it down to a metre, how many feet within a metre, you know, it's, you break it down, how do you start, you know, just starting somewhere, just start, you know, and once you keep going, you know, you've got momentum, and once you get bigger, it's the next step, so I do 1K, oh, I've done 1K, the next K, and then, oh, I've done 2K, you know, yeah, keep on exactly. going. It's, it's, yeah, one step at a time, you, you know, you start your day, it's 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, whatever it is. And it's one minute at a time, isn't it? It's okay, we're going to do this in the next half hour. That's why you've got a calendar. You've got to try to book stuff in and you yeah. try, to, try to get done what you need to get done. And it's one piece at a time. And it's, 
bit like being uh, put in uh, captive isolation for uh, two months. <laughs> you know, the next day you got to do, you got to keep something to keep your mind active. You know, so it's can I can I? Would you call yourself someone who's really well organised as far as you, your you know what you're doing? You know, if, if I asked you what you were doing two days ago at this time, would you remember? With your calendar too, you know? My calendar, yes. Uh, me, no. Um, yeah, so organised. It depends on what I'm doing. So yeah. I tend to work on sort of, you know, the more sort of rapid development sort of stuff. So I like to you know, have workflows to be able to achieve something. Yeah. Going back, I don't really look at the past. It's more what can I do in the future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So what, what you need to do in the future? I'd say 75% organised, 25% just rolling with it. <laughs> rolling punches yeah. and, and uh, look, you can't sort of take a move. you just got to go this way. Yeah, some of the best conversations or sort of projects I've ended up on have just been catching up with someone at a cafe by accident, you know. You roll with it, that's, that's yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it sounds, it does sound like you. <laughs> to tea. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty exciting. But yeah, that's, um, yeah, pretty much all I'd add to sort of add on to that. Is there any sort of other questions sort of development-wise you sort of have in mind? Um, I don't know, just, if there's any particular questions you think I should ask or if you think there's anything specific that uh, you'd like the audience to know about what that uh, you'll take on, you know, on, on something that uh, you, you, you're an expert on or... Got um, I think I've pretty much covered it in most of it, actually. Um, yeah, like I said, pretty much uh, just reiterate that, you know, if you're on a project, just start it, you know. Yeah. Um, you don't get anywhere by not starting. Um, yeah, some of the other cool things are sort of around sort of, and I'm trying to elaborate back on, yeah. um, now that I think about it, was, you know, the interaction with tourism, you know, how's it going to evolve, the different types. I think one of the things you know, alluded on, you know, the, the digital side, you know, the likes of, you know, putting on a VR headset going into Ready Player One, I think that will um, gain traction quite quickly, um, especially being able to you know, interact in a physical, well, sorry, a virtual physical environment, you know, for meetings, you know. I can have a chat with someone in Tokyo, you know, having to show them what they're working on, show a one-to-one scale of a car, whatever it might be. I think that will be an area that will develop quite quickly. It'll be a new a new avenue for interaction with, with people across the world. I do, I do have a friend who's coming across here next week. He's from Hobart, a friend going a long way back, but... I'm sure one of the things that he sort of uh, got involved, you know, I had a bit of a chat to him about it, um, educational VR. Ah, yes. So, um, so I think he was getting involved in the schools there and he had this, had this uh, solution yeah. and they'd take it to the kids and they'd, you know, do it, you know, amazing mm. sort of stuff. So, have you, what, have you sort of... Um, VR, I mean, what, what's your involvement been in, as far as educational VR? Educational VR, not not as much as I would like. I work more with the augmented reality, and I think yeah. uh, augmented reality actually has a bigger opportunity to be used in that sense, because I mean, everyone has a mobile phone, right? Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to have a, a grand worth of headset, you know, um, yeah. sitting there. So I think the the implementation will be a lot easier once people start, you know, using their phone to explore the dinosaur world or, you know, explore yeah. the map or explore the fault lines. Uh, I think that will yeah. have a bigger market space than VR currently. Until everyone has a VR headset, that's the, the stage of development. And that's the, a good the integration. I like, I like that. I like that. And it's sort of bringing it back to, back to you, what you, you know, what uh, you're an expert about and what, and, you know, how powerful the smartphone is. Yeah, I mean, you've effectively got a computer in your hand that's more powerful than what it was 20 years ago, was it? You know, 20 years, 30 years, back when IBM was starting, you know? I, mean, uh, the biggest I was going to say, you were, 
Are you, a, are you an Apple or you're an Android? What do you got there? Um, yeah, Apple products. Um, so yeah, it's actually proven my point. So usability, you know, what's what finds it easier for you? I mean, I started with Android, you know, using it all for usability, you know, slightly open more usability across the device, but not everyone has an Apple. Uh, sorry, not everyone has Android. So mm. when we prototype and test stuff, you know, having the device that pretty much everyone has, having a slightly older version too, is kind of handy. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, definitely Apple, just because it's easy to use. You know, it doesn't, have, doesn't require that extra thinking. So you've power. Got um, there's an iPhone X, I think it is, XR. So the updated uh, iPhone 10, yeah. or iPhone 10.1, or whatever you want to call it. Wrong, but I think it was an XS or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, the other thing, too, is that the iPhone XR or the X or iPhone, even the iPhone 6 can do a lot of stuff that technology back in the day couldn't do. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just the how to be utilised. How long have you had that one? Yours. Good grief. I think it was uh, two years from when it came out. You finding the battery getting slower? <laughs> oh yeah, I get only about a day now. I used to be getting two days out of it. But, uh, oh, when you first get it, two days is, is the norm. Yeah. And now, yeah, it's fucking down to ten percent. You know, by eight. Half an hour. <laughs> by eight pm, you're trying to do a few things on the phone. Yeah. And you've got nothing left. Pretty much. You've got to plug it in. Yeah, pretty much. I think um, the that interesting side is that, of it. Is it, do you think, is it Wi-Fi churning a lot of that? Or what, what do you think? Is this, or just getting old? Or? I don't know. I think um, there's also. Slow down. So obviously, you know, want to buy new products, I think, to an extent. Yeah. But I also do think that the development of technology over time, I mean, a lot changes in a year, the way yeah. things process, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the games that are coming out now are the quality we had six years ago for Battlefield 2, you know. Like, yeah. it's amazing quality. Um, so I think there is an element of tech is still going fast. Sorry, development is still going faster than the actual tech hardware. And also, you know, selling point being a product, they don't want to develop something that they're you can't buy another one after. So, yeah. Definitely yeah. buy bloody next phone sometime this year. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. Um, September, October, whatever they get the next release, and new release, 12 or 13, whatever they're up to. What are they up to? Oh, good grief. I think it's up to iPhone 12 now, I think, isn't it? I think so. Because it's 11 came out last year. I think, is it, was it 12 already come out or is it 11? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But yeah, so there's a lot of sort of stuff like that. You know I mean? The likes of... Um, so that was sort of late 2018, so that's... Yeah, it must be three. Is three years? I don't know that. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's going good. That's pretty good going. Um, yeah, yeah, I think the other thing... Two and a half years, it's, it's fucking getting dead, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, uh, sort of talking about development of phones, I mean, you've got the likes of um, Apple, where they've just released the, the likes of the LiDAR on the new iPhone, which I can't yeah. remember which version it is, but, you know, it's the ability to be able to 3D scan products, you know, yeah. the likes of a chair for a product, and integrate that into the, the augmented reality workspace, you know, the yeah. e-commerce side, which is pretty cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, man, it's been a great conversation we've had. I tell you, it's um, a bit. It's it's, it's, it's it, it, it goes all over. It does go here, there, and everywhere, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Talking, talking on a podcast and just on podcasts, though. I mean, have you sort of one to listen to podcasts or other people's podcasts? Yeah, it sort of depends on the topic. So sometimes the economic sort of base sort of podcasts for sort of being lines of work I do. Um, yeah, sort of listen to the likes of sort of like your podcast, you know, that sort of stuff. Just here and there when I'm travelling, you know, if I'm driving for 10 yeah. hours up the country, and I mean, why not, mate, use your time. Mm. As far as topics, as far as, you know, the topics that you like to listen to, is it on, is it on what you're passionate about or something, something different? Yeah, I hate to say it, but I love listening to political podcasts or sort oh, really? of, okay. yeah, believe it or not, um, sort of economic sort of based stuff. So, yeah, yeah sort of more tied into reality you know um, yeah. whether it be so, you know, morning update on rural news um, yeah. that sort of stuff um, listening to the likes of um, who was it it's a chap that does a really awesome podcast um, 
it's like Chase Jarvis sort of style stuff, you know, where he sort of talks to like different creatives, you know, different sort of ideas. Um, yeah, yeah. Pretty much anything that's short and sort of promotes an idea or a line of thinking or a new yeah. way of talking. And there are some podcasts out there that are just short and sweet too. You get you get ones that are, you got those ones that people talk about saying, oh yeah, this is this expert's idea and it's about, goes for about five minutes and it's do 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 and that's the end of the podcast, you know, they'll give you maybe a one-liner to remember or they might, you know, it's, yeah. and sometimes that's all you need, so all depends what you like. I mean, my podcast that I sort of, I like to listen to ones that really sort of go for half an hour to an hour. That's yeah. my sort of time frame. That's the attention span I've got. Can send you to sleep or yeah. can you can listen to the whole thing if it's something you need to listen to, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, I suppose each your own too. I mean, I like to drive or when I'm flying, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, so on a plane, if you, you know, it's, it's quite, I'm quite, most commonly, rather than doing anything else, Rather than listening to music, listen to okay, let's download something to listen to, and uh, yeah. that's that's what that'll do for three hours across. You know, maybe listen to two podcasts. Yeah, I think um, just just to add to that, I think um, the yeah. likes of the adoption of podcasts has been greatly progress forward with the likes of Spotify now doing podcasts and also it yeah. used to be just Apple uh, or your SoundCloud or um, yeah. the other one back in the day but um, I think um, the likes of Spotify which is the early adaption sort of stuff is now that the common market is now getting adapted to it it's more common yeah. um, and a lot of high level people listen to podcasts you know whether it be a book or a, you know an update on something that's happening or yeah it's actually quite cool a lot, and a lot of things are on YouTube too with podcasts so when it comes to um, I, it's, it hasn't really been <coughs> YouTube uh, Obviously, I think the most common is—is is it the most common video form of the of something on the internet? Do you think? I yeah. So this is an interesting one. So with a marketing sort of point of view, I come from social media. So I think um, the likes of TikTok, Instagram Stories um, will far exceed YouTube at this point. So a lot of it depends on what you're doing. The likes of Twitch is also coming in. You know, which is competing with YouTube Live. Um, you've got the likes of all sorts of different things coming in interacting with different sort of elements so I think it's I guess it's then people seeing that whether that's for them and, you know, exactly yeah. so I mean it's why do you watch Netflix you know what show do you like watching or why do you choose Amazon yeah. over Netflix or Disney or, Plus you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's exactly. so many of them something that will develop which I think will be quite cool is the likes of VR content so, you know, instead of, you know, playing a video game, you play a video game in your VR headset, you know, the whole campaign, which is, you know, what, 30 hours worth of content each game, or plus, 100 hours, yeah. and they're doing it on VR. So they can be exploring the world, you know, hiking up mountains, yeah. sitting in a virtual cinema somewhere. You know, I mean, I yeah. think people will always default to something that was physical in the real world, but yeah. they'll do a digital version of it. Yeah. So, lots of different content. It's pretty cool. It's amazing what's out there, mate. It's been really good to, to I guess, uh, chew the fat with you. Thanks for having me time. on. It's been, thanks, for, thanks for agreeing to come on. and uh, I'll let you have a bit of a listen and we'll get this up later today. Look forward to it. Thank oh, you very much. Thanks for having me. That's been Matt uh, Squires. Uh, and that's been episode 19 of From Me. It was a podcast with your host, Tim Rushi. Thank you.